Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, half vaccinated in D.C. Today, my returning guest is author and lawyer Terry Canefield. Oh, my God. We had a really cool conversation. We, I'm just going to say we talked about lawsuits concerning Trump for the most part, although we did talk about the Derek Chauvin trial first. But I think you're going to be really interested in hearing what she has to say about lawsuits that are pending concerning Trump. Really cool stuff. Now, you know, I always try to keep these intros short. Uh, I do have a new tier on Patreon that allows listeners to listen ad-free and intro-free, but I will get to that in a second. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep this show going, so thank you each and every one of you who supports the show. And if you do enjoy today's show, take a look at the About page. You'll see that most of the time I have conversations about politics with political people, but I also occasionally interview actors about their craft because I used to be one. Just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see all the different tiers. And basically, I do two free shows every Monday and Wednesday, and they are followed up by What's Up With Me, Kimberly Johnson, for patrons only. That's kind of like my online diary. I'm not always political there. In fact, lately, I haven't been political at all. But it's just me talking about whatever I want to talk about. Once a month, I do a patrons-only show with a guest. And like I said, if you sign up with that new tier that gets you into the ad-free shows, you get everything with that. Everything I just mentioned delivered to your email box, access to it. Two free shows, two patrons-only shows with just me, one patrons-only show with a guest, and then obviously you get the ad-free. Again, patreon.com slash startmeup. You can make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email, and you can use that with PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes app, Apple Podcast Store, and become a subscriber because it's free. And while you're there, if you like the show, please give me a rating and a review. I always need them. Thank you to everyone who has. And please now enjoy my conversation with Terry Canefield. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Oh, thank you. It's been some crazy news week, huh? It's been, you know, I think that's an evergreen statement right now. No kidding. Well, let's just, I know we're going to talk about something that you've been writing about, but before we get into that, let's talk about this verdict uh, with George Floyd, Derek Chauvin. Um, I know that, I mean, I feel like when I comment on this, uh, I have two things to say about it, and then I want to see what you have to say. Um, number one, I'm a white person. So I, I have a certain amount of like, I I think right now the black voices are the voices we have to listen to. And like, for instance, there was this guy on MSNBC and I think, uh, it was, uh, what's his name? Velcher went up to him, Ari Velcher, Ali Velcher went up to him before the verdict and they had a conversation and this man was doing a painting and he was explaining to Ali that he did not feel hopeful just based on his life experience. He was a black man and he knows how, how, how it works. And so he didn't really feel very hopeful. Then Ali Velchi went up to him afterward and asked him, you know, how are you feeling? And of course the man was saying that he felt like he was, he's, he said he felt like he was walking on air and he was really pleased to see this, but he also felt that this is an anomaly. And I agree. I totally agree with him. Um, But I also feel like I don't want to speak for people in the black community because I don't walk in their shoes and I don't know how they feel. And I absolutely agree that this particular, uh, you know, because it was on video, even though Rodney King was also on video, it's a different time. But it's like uh, 
the fact that the defense was not very good, the prosecution was very good, you know, what the, what they presented was, I thought they were great. And then, you know, the fact that he was on camera and that these innocent or these bystanders came by and decided that they were going to, especially that little nine-year-old girl whose name I can't remember, but um, the one who shot the video or however old she was, um, that made a huge difference and it helped because if this was not videotaped, he likely would, especially if anybody has seen the police report, it made it sound like everything was just fine and dandy. I don't have it in front of me, but the way that it was worded, mm -hmm. there was no mention of Derek Chauvin putting his knee on George Floyd's neck and basically suffocating him for nine minutes and 29 seconds. So, but what I felt like on, on the positive note is that we're in this really terrible place in this country with white supremacy and we're seeing you know, the white cops murdering and assaulting black people constantly. And this, this win for, for not the black community, but for justice, um, I think is a, I, I'm hoping it's a positive step in, in a, in a, in a journey where we're going to see more positive and progressive action. Um, that, and I'm not just talking about what Democrats or government's going to do. I'm talking about public sentiment, what we are willing to accept. I want to believe, and maybe that's naive of me, but I want to believe that this will set some kind of tone, even though I do feel this is an anomaly, but it'll, hopefully it'll set a tone so that these kinds of verdicts will not be anomalies. So I'm just wondering, how are you feeling about it? Well, um, I think, how about if I take a completely opposite viewpoint just okay. to do it? Sure. <laughs> well, I'm, a, you know, I'm a lawyer. On the other hand, um, I'm not, a couple things. The first is I'm not seeing it as an anomaly and okay. I'm not seeing it as a turning point. Okay. So um, I'll just give you a brief, a, a quick story. First off, police lie all the time. And I, I did criminal defense work and a criminal defense appeals. And it's kind of common knowledge. And I'll tell you a quick story. Okay. Um, most of my clients, I, I represented only indigent. So I represented only people who had no money. Yeah. Um, which which is on appeal, which gave me, um, which means that I very, very, to tell you the truth, I, I always represented people in underrepresented communities. Mm -hmm. And if I represented people who were white, there were very poor women who were abused. So I, I represented people who um, were needy in mm -hmm. some way. Yeah. And I had one time I was working um, in a long time, you know, one of my early jobs, I was working in a private law firm, which meant that people walked in with money, which I, which very rarely in my career happened. Right. And a young woman walked in, um, a young white woman walked in and she was completely shocked because what had happened was she got a, a, a speeding ticket, but the cop gave it to her as a, um, as a misdemeanor, which is serious, not a violation, mm -hmm. Reck reckless driving, which mm -hmm. is actually criminal, it's a misdemeanor. And he said that she was driving a certain speed in a parking lot and, and she hadn't been. Mm -hmm. And she was like, she was completely shell-shocked, like, oh my God, the police officer actually lied. <laughs> well, and we were just like all sort of amused because right. <laughs> <laughs> like, she, like she never occurred to this young woman that like police officers lie. And we actually right. got that charge dismissed because we did it with physics we got an engineer oh, wow. who measured the parking lot and measured where it was that the cop said she was driving and the kind of engine that she had mm -hmm. and that it was literally physically impossible for her to go that speed in this parking lot wow so <laughs> so we got her we got her off right and 
Um, but what I'll never forget is how completely shocked mm-hmm. she was um, and how kind of naive it was. And it was like, I remember looking at this young woman, she's probably about 22. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and she's had enough money to walk into a private criminal defense right. firm. Yeah. And, um, and I was working at the time, I was right out at law school, but I picked the best. So I was at, <laughs> I was at a top-notch firm mm-hmm. and um, I, I knew she was never going to be the same. Right. Having, having seen that police lie. Yeah. So um, the other thing is I don't see it as an anomaly in that usually the prosecution wins. Yeah. And if the prosecution doesn't win, there's some reason. And juries are usually pretty good. So it's very, very hard to convict a police officer in the yeah. line of duty. Right. It's just – it's particularly hard. I mean if this wasn't a police officer, it would have been a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Right? So – and the law does – so does in a lot of ways need to protect police officers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you would have charges right. brought against some of the Capitol Police. Right. So um, from the point of view of a criminal defense lawyer, the defense always loses, so I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, when my um, you know my daughter – actually, I just throw in a brag. She just got into Harvard Law School. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So she, yeah, we're pretty proud of her. <laughs> I taught her everything she knows. Oh, <laughs> of that, course you did. <laughs> I did. You know, you know that you know that song from um, the Broadway version of Funny Girl, where I told oh her right yes, um, I get no I get no credit. Um, but anyway, she was kind of she was kind of following it, and right. everything that happened, she's like, oh my god, oh my god, the defense brought the defense said this, I said it's not going to work, it's not going to work. The defense always loses because the defense always loses, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons is that the um, is that prosecutors don't bring charges that they can't prove which is why mm-hmm. they didn't bring first degree mm-hmm. um they own they don't they know what they're doing and also law enforcement and forensic is so good that oh, yeah. um very very rarely does a prosecutor bring a case that they can't win i think they have like i think federal prosecutors actually have a 96 percent success rate wow because they drop the cases that are bad mm-hmm. you know they don't have to right okay so, so um so they so they have a very high, so I was not surprised by the verdict, and the reason I don't think it's a turning point is because I think that there is um, I believe the political psychologists who tell us that about thirty percent of the population um, have these tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, they they like these lies, they like these conspiracy theories. They are hostile to minorities, mm-hmm. and they believe you know that we've got about a third more now because they are in a hermetically sealed. Mm-hmm information universe um but we've got a certain population a certain part of the population that's going to always have the very ugly reaction we yeah. saw last night coming out of the you know right-wing media right. very very ugly yeah and so and then i think the corollary there is we have about 60 percent of the people 50 to 70 percent of the people but definitely more than half who are not like that and so so i'm not sure that it's going to change much in the sense that the people who are racist and the people who are, um, you know, thought that this was a terrible, you know, that justice was not done are not going to change. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and that there's only, so, in other words, I, I think the battle stays exactly the same mm-hmm. in some ways. And I don't think it was an anomaly. Um, obviously without the video camera, there wouldn't have been a conviction, but you can always say that without the evidence, you can't convict. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So 
and, and we do have a presumption of innocence and the burden of proof is on the prosecutor. One, one total idiot, I can't remember who it was, was saying the, pro the defense never even said he was innocent. They just said there wasn't enough evidence to prove his guilt. It's like, uh, hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you do not have to prove you're innocent. Right. Right. It's up to the government to have the evidence. Mm -hmm. And if the, you can be guilty of sin and if they don't have enough evidence, you walk because that's mm -hmm. how the and we want it that way. Mm -hmm. We want it that way. So, you know, whether you can start requiring cameras on police officers mm -hmm. now that more people have. Um, but it seems like it's sort of an obvious statement that if you don't have the evidence, you're not going to have a conviction. Yes. And it's well, that's true. Uh, for a lot of a lot of crimes. There's no evidence. Right. I think, though, in the in the in this particular case, I think why people are saying it is because there is so much in the police force, there is so mm -hmm. much brutality that they've mm -hmm. been able to get away with it because there right. is no evidence. And now we're starting to see that evidence. And we're, I mean, right. I participated, you know, a couple of years ago when I saw a black man being held down by white police officers. I pulled my car over and I joined you know, this group of people who were all filming. So I think, I think that that, I mean, obviously you're right. Um, if you don't have the evidence, you can't prove it, but it's the idea of now that there How are many these, more were there. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why I started with the story about this white woman. Yeah, right. Because, because, you know, maybe a collective, there are people out there mm -hmm. who are kind of naive about yeah. the police and, um, and they're like, I'm not, I was right. a criminal defense lawyer. Yeah. I mean, there are there are very good police officers. Mm -hmm. There are very good police officers, um, and there are a lot of bad ones. Mm -hmm. And um, and you know, if you think about what makes someone want to be a police officer, yeah, there's sort of an authoritarianism exactly. in that. And good people become police officers because they say we need good people to be police officers. Right. Yeah. But um, but it's always always been. A problem, mm -hmm. but I think if so, that's why I started with that story. That if it does mm -hmm. something good, it's going to wake up the people who were were maybe a little naive about, mm -hmm. um, you know, they lie, they use excessive <laughs> force, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's and, and it, it's not fair. It, it also might if there's a bad thing that came out of it. Believe it or not, it might be that it takes some of the pressure off of police reform. Huh. Interesting. Because it's it's less, um, uh, you know, like there's also a, a danger of people saying, oh, well, the system works. Right. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know that that's going to happen. And the reason why is just because we're, I mean, as this trial has gone on, more black people have been, including children, have been oh murdered, God, yeah. unarmed. And, you know, and the argument is, well, they did drugs or they held a gun or they were <laughs> in a gang or whatever it was. And it's like, you know, I mean, I've brought this up before, but. Just recently, I watched through the entire uh, Orange is the New Black, and I kept commenting on how the um, prison guards just decide that, they, you know, they're going to be able to beat up, rape, whatever, that when when the person who's incarcerated is, do, you know, the punishment is doing the time. The punishment mm -hmm. is not being raped by guards. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we see this so much. And I mean, I don't necessarily think this is going to be a huge transition like like you were saying, and I agree with you. What I kind of hope for, though, is the because we just we, we ha I mean, we're, we're up against so much with with the last four years, which really made white supremacy. Not that it was totally hidden, but it, but 
not everybody felt so comfortable being racist in public mm-hmm. and now more people do. And so like, and my, I think we also didn't realize how good of a fundraiser it is. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and so I, and I'm hoping, you know, again, maybe this is naive, but I'm hoping that because what needs to happen, and I think about this every single night is that public sentiment plays such a big part in where we go. I mean, granted people have to show up and vote and it really does come down to the laws that we have, the law of the land and all that. But I, but so much of that is also based on what we as a country, as a nation collectively are willing to accept. And I, and I Mm -hmm. just hope that even though this particular case is one case, and I know we're going to continue to see, you know, police officers getting away with literal murder, I, I, I just I can't help but hope that this particular incident and experience that we've had collectively and the world was watching will serve to kind of spark something in all of us that because it, it seems like right now we're we're accepting too much. I don't like the word evil, but I'm just going to use it because to me, evil sounds religious and I don't want to make it. in. it's just we're we're accepting so much that's wrong and. You know, I mean, we're never going to be perfect. No nation is ever going to be perfect, but we could be better. And I, you know, I mean, that's why I, that's why I speak out, speak up, whatever, because that's my hope. I don't know that we can, um, I don't know that we're ever going to get to a point where I would like to see us, but I would like to improve it. I would like to see improvement. And I just, I'm just, I hope. I hope that people can take a look at this and say, you know what? We need to change. We need to make changes, which would eventually lead to laws, you know, whether it's, you know, restoring the Voting Rights Act or, you know, passing H.R. 1 or doing things that and and, and I've said this, too, before. I don't think the Democrats are perfect. I don't. But they're the only party right now that's working for the people. And when they make mistakes, we need to call them out on it and say, "Okay, you've made a mistake. Uh, let's do better and just keep pushing them to do better because they'll listen. Republicans don't care. So anyway, that's that's what I'm hopeful about. And I, I, I just I feel like maybe I'm being a little naive, but I'm I'm, I'm just coming from a, a place of exhaustion. Like, seriously, right now I could start break. I could cry because I'm so mm-hmm. fucking exhausted watching just constant, constant, constant bad news and, and seeing the black community being treated so horribly and I mean women too women in the black community specifically but women are still not in the constitution and it's like it gets to just man when you're in it all day long it's it's a lot to take right Mm -hmm. so anyway but um okay well one of the things that I know you're working on and and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to really just take the lead on this and I will have questions for you but um you wrote something called blazing game v trump and you're talking basically about the fact that um, McConnell uh, is pushing off any responsibilities for Trump to the courts. And, um, and it was after he was impeached the second time. That, so basically McConnell's just going, it's up to the courts to take care of these things. So you wrote about that. Go. <laughs> All right. Yes. McConnell, um, very notably, at the end of the impeachment hearing, he said that Trump was morally and practically responsible for the insurrection. Yeah. But Congress wasn't going to do anything about it because that's up to the courts, which was right. It was um, two things. One is the courts is also a valid place to bring cases against Trump. Mm-hmm. But that was a complete um, 
he was completely you know, shrugging off his responsibility because the accountability you have in Congress was different yeah. and should have happened. Um, but he did say it's up to the court. So people are bringing lawsuits. And um, I'm looking at a lot of them. And the blasting game versus Trump was particularly interesting. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's the easiest conviction. Mm-hmm. I think there's other ways to get easier, even easier convictions. Um, but the blasting game versus Trump is basically – um, some of the police officers who suffered injuries um, are suing Trump for the injuries. And the um, it's, this is an interesting case for a lot of reasons. It was filed about three weeks ago. Hmm. So it, our understanding of what happened um, on that day is growing as we learn more. And like everybody else, I watched it on TV. And when mm-hmm. you watched it on TV that day, we didn't really get a sense right. of what was happening. Yeah. I mean, we knew it was kind of awful, but we really didn't know. And one of the things, first thing that's interesting about this case is it's litigation, by the way, you just think of litigation as the differing stories told from differing viewpoints. Mm-hmm. So litigation, you know, the kindest way to talk about litigation is it's two different stories from, it's the same story from two viewpoints. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can play a scene different ways as an actress, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can, um, and so you've got two, you've got different ways of seeing the same thing happening. And what the police officers describe in horrific detail what happened from their personal, from their viewpoint, from their their viewpoint, which was um, right in the fights, and it was really, really horrific. Mm-hmm. So the, the first thing that that lawsuit does is it gives us a whole new perspective on what they experienced. And they have actual injuries. And so the the second thing about this lawsuit is that a lot of times with lawsuits and these sort of cases that are overlap with politics Mm -hmm. is that a lot of times it's hard for the plaintiff to prove that they have standing. And what that means is to bring a lawsuit, you have to have been personally affected or injured, Mm -hmm. which makes emoluments kind of difficult, Mm -hmm. like who has standing to sue. So and some people are. There are suits being brought against Trump that he violated, you know, civil rights acts with, you know, with this insurrection. Yeah. But there's a little bit, you know, there's just sort of this practical problem of standing. Well, the police officers suffered actual injury, so they had standing. Right. Yeah. And, and right, so it's you know they're there with actual injuries, mm-hmm. um, and that's also a problem with a lot of, um, of these cases is that. An, an element of any of these cases is that you have to actually have damages. So if, if you lie about me and you say something that isn't true, I guess technically that's defamation. You hurt yeah. my reputation, right? But if if you haven't caused me any damage, I can't win a lawsuit hmm. because you you pay lawsuits are you pay for the damage you cause. They're not supposed to be punishment. Mm-hmm. So so if you if you do something that you shouldn't have done and you cause no damage. Then you can. So if you if you go plowing through a red light, and nobody's around, you can get a ticket for that. Right. Right. And you could even get maybe a misdemeanor, moving violation. You could get something serious, but nobody can sue you. Right. Exactly. Because, because no one was cause, hurt. Because right. you didn't hurt anyone. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you plow through the intersection and you cause an injury, then you are liable for that injury. Yeah. And so because these officers were injured. They actually have a pretty strong – I mean they have – that part of the lawsuit is strong. The other thing is that they were police officers, mm-hmm. and um, this is – you know, they're the good police officers. You know, there's always good and bad, but 
the Blue Lives Matters people, where Blue Lives is obviously just an anti-black slogan. Right. Have kind of a hard time with this one, right? Because <laughs> because you've got police officers injured um, in the line of duty. Mm-hmm. So um, so in some ways you could say that these are sympathetic plaintiffs mm-hmm. on on both sides of the political spectrum. And um, when you have a I, as a lawyer, I can tell you that it really helps to have a sympathetic plaintiff. Yeah. And the reason I can tell you or a def- represent somebody sympathetic because I mentioned my practice was limited to indigence mm-hmm. appealing. Mm-hmm. My, my, my clients had always like, were being big trouble. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the time they got to the appeal, they had lost at the trial level. Oh wow! So they were, they were in super big trouble. And, um, you know, they, I like to joke that all my clients are innocent, but right. they really <laughs> probably weren't. <laughs> so, I, so let's just say that I have a, I had a career of representing um, unsympathetic clients. Mm-hmm. So these are sympathetic. Um, you know, it's, it's because they're, you know, it's harder for the blue lives matters to, to trash them. Mm-hmm. Um, so for all these reasons, and then the other thing that's interesting about this case is that the legal issue is the same. The legal issue is did Trump, was he the cause of mm-hmm. these injuries? Mm-hmm. And, and another way to say it is, but for, but for Trump's behavior, would this have happened? Right. So if Trump hadn't done the things he did, would they be injured? Yeah. So you're proving the the uh, the the question of the hour. The question is, can you prove that Trump, you know, that did was Trump responsible for the insurrection? Can you prove in court that Trump was responsible for the insurrection? Mm-hmm. And this is the this is the same legal question, but it's a civil case rather than a criminal case. Mm-hmm. And the reason that matters is because the burden of proof is much lower. Mm. So in a criminal case, you have to, the prosecution has to prove each element beyond a reasonable doubt. And it's the highest standard, mm-hmm. which is makes sense because in a criminal case, a person is about to be punished, yeah. which means state-inflicted mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. And that's serious business. Mm-hmm. So, we, so we have said all through our legal system, all the best parts of our legal system has said, we'd rather let guilty people walk than punish innocent people. So we have a very high standard in criminal cases, Mm -hmm. but in civil cases, you don't stand to lose your life in a capital case. You don't stand to lose your freedom. Mm -hmm. All it's about, and there's very little punitives in civil cases, punishment. Mostly what you have to do in a civil case is simply pay for the damage you cause. Yeah, right. So there's really no insanity defense. Mm-hmm. If you if you went crashing through the intersection and you go crashing into a storefront and you damage, you do $10,000 worth of property damage, you have no insanity defense. Right. You have to pay, yeah. you, still, <laughs> you still have to pay for the damage you caused. Yeah. So, um, because you caused it. So the standard of proof is so much lower. And in a civil case, the standard of proof is what we call a preponderance of the evidence, Mm -hmm. which just basically says more likely than not. Hmm. So 51%. So if you've got a balance scale, yes, no. mm, mm. Mm -hmm. If you just go 51% toward guilty, you get a conviction. Wow. Or you get a a Uh, judgment against the person. So. Very a much lower standard of proof, um, and so there's 
kind of other reasons, but you can see why I looked at this and I thought this was, I mean, it was a breakthrough case in terms of the perspective. It was a breakthrough case in terms of, and then the other thing is that um, other things about civil case is that you can't stand on the fifth. I mean, you oh. can, it's a little more complicated than that. You, you can only refuse to take the stand if you have criminal liability. Oh, so, okay. So, in a, so the only way for Trump to not testify is to say, I have criminal liability in this matter. <laughs> now, here's the, here's the other tricky part or cool part uh -huh. or nifty part <laughs> is that in a criminal trial, if somebody takes the fifth, you cannot hold that against the person. Hmm. The person you have a right to remain silent, yeah. and the jury is instructed not to draw any inferences from that, right? Because you are you are actually because you do not have to prove your case, mm -hmm. and as, and a lot of times somebody might be innocent, but there just would be a mess up there on the witness stand. Yeah. So, so but in a civil case, you can take that into account. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, what what. Um, I might be jumping ahead, but in this particular case, if they win, what do they win? They win damages. They get money. Okay, so so that would be hospital bills and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Right, and also they they are asking for punitives, but okay. also what you get is a judgment against Trump, where a court found that he caused the insurrection. Oh. Now, would See, that have with, anything to do with, with a much the criminal? Lower, actually, there's, there's actually one other one other little point I want to throw out is that w another value for this case is that um, discovery in civil cases is wide open because in criminal cases you can't get a you have to have a reason to search somebody. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't just invade their privacy to convict them of a crime. Mm -hmm. We really don't want the police able to do that. Mm -hmm. So, but in civil cases, it's not about punishment. It's about who pays for the damage. So the court wants to get to the truth. Mm -hmm. So what this means is that people have to testify. So a lot of the evidence that the House managers in the impeachment trial were not able to get their hands on, the court, the court in a civil case can get. And that would include, remember those people, close advisors to Trump, who told reporters that he was like joyful watching yes. the insurrection yes. on TV? Uh -huh. Those people could get called. Records, telephone records. There's, you can't hide that stuff wow, unless you so cool. unless you say <laughs> all right unless you say you have criminal liability yeah and then the jury can take that into account and so if you have a preponderance of the evidence right where all you have to do is feel slightly more convinced than not mm -hmm. then if the defendant says yeah well, I'm not showing you any of my stuff because I have criminal liability mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you know that's kind of all so over so for you at that okay point. now give me an example um, of criminal like. If Trump were to say, I can't, I'm not going to answer that because of criminal liability, mm -hmm. um, meaning that I'm, d does that mean he's saying, I'm not going to answer this because I might show you that I'm guilty? Is mm -hmm. that, that's basically it, what, what it, it means is? is that I, basically what it means. So the, the fifth amendment says no person shall ever be compelled to be a witness against himself. Mm-hmm. And this is a really good thing because they used to torture people into confessing mm -hmm. all the way through the 1950s. Hmm. Actually, the blacks wow. in the South were, tor were tortured into confessing to crimes they didn't do. Mm -hmm. So it's really good that you don't have to be yeah. a witness against yourself. The courts have said that that doesn't apply in civil cases. 
but you can stand on the fifth in a civil case if you have criminal liability for this behavior. So what? Okay, so, what could be what okay, could be an example of that criminal liability in Trump's case, particular? Oh, that he um, he incited a riot in violation of D.C. law. Okay. Now let's say let me just ask because this could totally be jumping ahead to, but let's say um, that he that happens let's say they've the, the civil case finds trump guilty could then this that civil case be used in a criminal trial to prove that he well did it? no because it's a different standard of proof okay but what it does it might not get him in criminal case but you know that's kind of bad publicity <laughs> and and there's actually an, another thing that comes into play which is the 14th amendment says mm-hmm. that if you have um, incited a violent insurrection against the government, you can't run for office again. Oh, and there's some there question about how how that's determined. Mm-hmm. And um, so nobody really knows because that that was actually passed after the Civil War to make sure that people who were Confederates and attacked the government couldn't run for office again. It was a way of keeping like the yeah. Confederates out of office. It didn't work all that well because the actual politicians weren't the ones that lifted the guns. Right. Right. But it, it, that was the purpose of it. And so we, but we had it. And so, um, you know, I've had, I've heard some speculation from lawyers. Well, how do you, how do you enforce that now? Well, you need a, it's pretty clear you need a, court ruling or some kind of a verdict. So had Trump been um, c- convicted in the Senate trial, mm-hmm. in the impeachment trial, then the 14th Amendment, I think, would no doubt come into play. Mm-hmm. But one question, and I don't know the answer to because it's never been really happened, but if Trump had a civil finding in a civil court that he incited this violent um, riot against Congress would the 14th Amendment come into play, mm. but it would also just be a judgment. It would be a judgment against him. Now, um, you know, a civil case. You know, I would expect that the, Trump is going to try to settle this, mm-hmm. yeah, so that he doesn't have to face um, discovery. But that is a, a very interesting, um, a very interesting case for all these reasons. There, I mean, there's other things too. the The case was brought in Washington D.C. Mm. Um, Guess where Trump would not want to face a jury? Yeah, really, <laughs> in Washington D.C. <laughs> I mean, he'd love to. You know, and there's no there there's no way to move the case. Mm-hmm. So um, the first thing that the, his lawyers are going to do is say, "How do we get this case out of Washington D.C. to say someplace like Florida, yeah, where at least he has a you know sort of a, a hope mm-hmm. of getting a somewhat sympathetic jury." <laughs> um, they can't because the 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 wrongdoing occurred, mm-hmm. you know, the wrongdoing was part of the speeches he gave at the, at the rally. Yeah. And so if you, if you hold a rally someplace, then you automatically subject yourself to the laws of that jurisdiction. Oh, wow. hmm. So, so Trump can't say I'm, I'm a Florida and I'm in Florida. I'm moving this to Florida. He can't because he is, he, avail as they say in you know sort of the world of civil procedure is that he availed himself of the laws of that right forum. so yeah. if you so if you go to montana and you hold a riot and you tell people to get violent then montana has jurisdiction over over yes which makes sense yes so the so the other problem for him is this <laughs> is not in the 
the best place for him right. to face a jury. Now, is, do so we I'm know? Kinda, I'm kind of eager to see what happens. <laughs> do we know what they're asking for um, as far as compensation? Well, we don't because all we have is the they they all okay. So they say seventy five thousand dollars, and people on people on Twitter read this like, how come that's all? Well, that's a magic number. The way you get into federal court as opposed to a state local court is if you have. Um, one of the criteria for getting to federal court is there has to be at least $75,000 oh. in damage. And the, they also say whatever the court finds reasonable. So they haven't right. put, they didn't I put see. a big number. So then if um, he were to like, okay, so what's the deal with, he says, I want to settle this. Here's $75,000. They don't have to take it. Okay. And and they didn't just ask for 75000 I can open up the thing and tell you exactly. I think I have this somewhere around here. Um, what the prayer is all this outdated language, like the prayer, um, <laughs> prayer, prayer for relief, right. um, judgment. So they want judgment against him on all counts. Um, uh, they want compensatory, compensatory damage in an amount consistent with the evidence to be shown at trial in excess of $75,000 for okay. each plus interest and costs. So, um, and then they also ask for punitives. Okay. So punitive punitives is where numbers can get big. Okay. Um, but there's kind of a little bit of a, of a bias against punitives because you don't want a plaintiff to have a windfall. You just want the plaintiff to be compensated for their mm -hmm. damages. But also the other thing is how do you measure damages? These guys yeah, are traumatized. Exactly. So it's very, so these numbers could get high and then it says such other relief as the court and jury deem necessary and just. So that's all boilerplate standard language for mm -hmm. we're going to get as much as we can. And we really don't know. We don't know the amount yet. So do you, because the do amount you, will be determined. Do you think that these people in this lawsuit are more concerned with getting compensated or more concerned with holding Trump accountable? I think holding Trump accountable okay. because if all they wanted was $100,000, you mm -hmm. could get that. Right. Wow. You know, I mean, I could get that. Dear Mr. Trump, I represent <laughs> these guys. Right. We, you know, it, and all Trump would have to say is sign you can have a settlement agreement that binds people to silence. Right. Exactly. As part of the agreement. Yeah, and, and he's so familiar with those. It right. would be very, <laughs> it would be very easy to get them a bunch of money. Okay. Well, that's so interesting. I don't believe right. so, but that's just a, a guess. Yeah. Um, under this, <laughs> I would imagine these guys are, um, you know, that's why they want a judgment, right? A judgment against, and I kind of like seeing that I, I have it up on my screen right now. So I have the, the, um, I pulled up the actual complaint. Judgment against John Donald J. Trump yes. on all counts. <laughs> and how many counts are there? Uh, I have to scroll back because um, count five, five, but okay. five, fifth was punitives that they're looking for punitives, um, violation of public safety. Um, so basically, what they're doing is okay, incitement of a riot. So that's a DC. Now he's got some Trump has some defenses here. Mm -hmm. um, Personally, I think they're lame, but that's because I've always been on the side that loses because I did, because I represented people who already right. lost a trial, yeah. right? And so I'm, I'm used to, I was never the prosecutor. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I was um, up against prosecutors. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so um, let's say directing intentional infliction of emotional distress, aiding and abetting. Um, if we have time, I can... So sure. to segue, like aiding and abetting, um, but these are 
not the hardest things to prove mm -hmm. either. No, they're not. Some it's all on camera. The hardest thing to prove. Yeah. I mean, he was, he, it's, as you said, during that particular day, we were not aware of everything was going on. But then, especially when the Democrats aired that video footage kind of timeline showing him at that rally, everything that he was saying, I mean, that would be used, I would imagine, in court. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it, it's, it all comes in. Right. Plus, he's got, plus he has to explain why he doesn't testify. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you, too. What? Okay, so what happens if he refuses to testify? Does he get arrested? No. What happens if he absolutely, refuses? Absolutely not. If he refuses to testify, then nothing happens. I mean, the, that's not going to be used as evidence in a criminal trial No, I or mean, in an investigation. I mean, in the it, civil. The only, the, the only thing that does is the jury can say, we can find him guilty in the civil. So you cannot... You cannot use somebody's d refusal to talk in a criminal matter against that person. Right, but I'm talking so about all, in, in this particular okay. trial, which is civil, right? Yes. So if he says, I don't want to testify, then he doesn't have to testify? Right. And then, but... No, wait, 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 no. only, if he, only if he says he has to tell the jury, I am not testifying, because if I testify, I run the danger of... In I have oh. criminal liability in these matters. So, so okay. the jury then gets to say, oh, they can use that in determining whether to find him guilty to charge with, uh, in this civil matter. This okay. is, so civil court is entirely different from criminal court. Right. So, so, they're but, so now and, that could sway their decision, though, for him to say, I'm not going to testify because I yes. could be criminally liable. Yes. And that's going to tell yes. a joy, jury, oh, looks like he's guilty, right. maybe. Okay, right. interesting. In, okay. in the civil case, in the right. civil case. Right, right, right. In, so in a civil case, you can take that into account. You know, take my example of crashing through the intersection. Mm -hmm. So if, if you um, crash through the intersection and cause some damage, it's a lot easier to find you civilly liable to pay mm -hmm. for the damage than to punish you. So, for example, let's suppose you go, you know, person A goes crashing through the intersection um, and causes some property damage. And they say, oh, well, I took the, my doctor prescribed this drug for me. And then you go trace it back to the doctor and the doctor says, yes, I prescribed this drug. And it was indicated. So the doctor is not at fault. Mm -hmm. And then you trace it back even further. And what happened in the last month is that the drug companies are finding out that this drug mm. causes erratic behavior mm -hmm. and they hadn't fully tested it or called it out. So in other words, you could you could have a situation where a person does something like that and cannot be held criminally liable because uh, okay. there's not evidence of criminal right intent right on the other hand none of that matters in a civil case you crash to the intersection so in a civil case it's like who pays for the damage all right so these officers have serious injuries and to put it sort of crudely whose insurance company has to pay yeah right and the the officers don't the, their insurance company they don't want to pay for it mm -hmm. and also who's going to pay for the you know who's going to who's going to compensate them? Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a point. In the civil case, it's a lower standard of proof, and the jury can take into account the fact mm -hmm. that Trump is not testifying, and it's going to make Trump look bad. bad. I yeah. mean, we also have we have civil courts 
We have criminal courts. And we have the court of public opinion. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the headlines if Trump takes the fifth because he might be criminally liable? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, mean, it, it, I think Tucker Carlson's <laughs> head will explode. <laughs> right. I mean, if if um, so, in other words, it's it's going to be I'm not one of those people who is like hanging my hat on Trump being like hauled off to prison. Right. Because. He's an old guy, and I'm just like – that's just like not how I think. Yeah. But I do think that that would be some crazy headline, <laughs> and, and it would be very hard for, for Trump to live it down. So what's going to happen? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that the, that the, um, that the it's, a, it's a very interesting lawsuit for all the reasons I just explained right. because the, yeah. the legal issue is the same as the criminal legal issue. Yeah. But remember with the O.J. Simpson that he was not criminally convicted, mm -hmm. but he was in mm -hmm. civil court. And that's purely because of the burden of proof, mm -hmm. that there was enough evidence to say beyond a mm -hmm. preponderance of an evidence. But if they if, and if the jury has a reasonable doubt, they must not convict. Mm -hmm. That's our, that's what our whole criminal so, yeah. justice system relies on, that you have to be proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. So. What defense lawyers do is they try to create a reasonable doubt. Right, right, right. And so wow. if, if, the, if they succeeded in creating a – even if you're going, oh, my God, the guy was guilty of sin, if the jurors have a reasonable doubt, they can't convict. That's just what, they're, what the judge tells them. That's the – but the standard in a civil trial is lower. So that's how OJ could get then – sued and yeah. lose on like what wrongful death i think it, i can't remember something like that yeah um i'm curious to know do you know when this uh might take place do they have a date or anything well um no but these things take a long time okay. <laughs> like what so, would you guess time frame why before we could see actually an assembled court and and proceedings oh, underway a court, a court well okay so first you have pretrial motions where they're they're gonna Trump is gonna try to get rid of the case. He's yeah. gonna say there's you know so you're gonna have pretrial motions and then that, that's gonna set a court calendar. Right. And courts these courts right now are totally overloaded. Mm -hmm. So those things can take a month each. And then if there's briefing, then the opposite party gets a month to respond. And then the reply I think is usually about ten days. Okay. So any any issues that come up can take a month or two. Yeah. And then um, there's all kinds of pretrial. And then discovery can take a while. Mm -hmm. So um, so in complicated cases, discovery can take a very long time. In other words, don't hold your breath. Okay. Um, but it's, <laughs> but what, the, for, the next thing we're going to see is a, um, a motion to dismiss. Mm -hmm. And that's where you say – that's the, those are the motions that all the Trump voter lawsuits lost on. Mm-hmm. So they didn't get past a motion to dismiss. It's really hard to dismiss a case mm -hmm. up front. It wow. has to be a super, super bad case, and this isn't. Right. Now, I <laughs> but, saw but, you. But they Go still ahead. have to, but they're still going to file it, and you're still going to have mm -hmm. to give time for, yeah. you know, the the, the, you know, the plaintiffs to file an answer. And, and, then, to, and then you're going to have a lot of squabbling over d discovery where – the plaintiffs are going to want certain discovery, and then the Trump camp is going to say you can't have it for this reason, and mm -hmm. then they're going to do some briefing on that, and then the judge is going to decide. Now, is discovery uh, kept from from us, or do we get to find out what they find? I, I think I don't think it's kept from us. Okay, but that's a good question. Yeah. I never I've never handled a public case, and I don't know the law in D.C. So 
that's a good question. I can, I would imagine that, um, it, it will be hard to keep that stuff secret. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking in terms of, I don't know, you know, just in case this takes a really long time. I mean, one thing I God, I don't even remember who I was talking to. It might've been Eric Garland. I don't know, but because he's under the impression that we're going to see some, some convictions, uh, he thinks Trump could be convicted for, you know, tax fraud, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of up in the air about it. But one of the things that he brought, he talked about was that, you know, obviously time is going to be involved in this, which so many of us, just just regular people who want to see some kind of justice after this nightmare we've all experienced. So um, I think that for that just that alone, where people want to see some kind of justice, we want to see something. Um, I think that it's good that these cases are going to take a little while because as we approach 2022 and 2024, you know, the public seems to forget stuff pretty easily. Although I don't know that anybody's really going to forget what's happened in the last five years, but still it's when it's fresh in your mind and you're just about ready to vote I think that that's it could work to the favor mm-hmm. of I would say right. democracy. You know what I mean. So, and also um, the other thing is, we don't want justice to be fast food rushed. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You know these yeah. things just do take time. Yeah, and um, and it's also you know making the historical record. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to you know to need the truth out, and yeah. one of the you know, the, the final thing actually to say about a case like this is if it does nothing else, it gets the truth out and the truth needs, needs to come out because, um, you know, how this is all going to be remembered. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are people who would like the truth not to come out. Mm -hmm. And so the truth coming out, I mean, the, the truth is, you know, fundamentally how you save democracy is through truth. Right. Wow. So I saw you the other day posting about Gosh, I wish I could remember because it was a couple of weeks ago and you were outlining and, you know, it had to do with the insurrection. And I don't know if you were specifically talking about this case and it might have been because I think I just actually quoted you on the show. But it was one of your tweets talking about how you didn't necessarily think Trump was going to be held accountable, at least criminally. And I'm guessing um, for the insurrection because he had so many outs. Like, for instance, he could say... No, I didn't. I, I, I wouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Okay, well, then, that, then I'm not remembering else. it. I remember, but I do remember what you were talking about is that Trump could say, uh, and so maybe I just, dis- as far as not being criminally charged is, is what I have wrong, but that he could say, well, a lot of people use the word fight. Oh, and, oh no, okay, I know what I was doing. Okay. I was telling you what his defenses were, but those those aren't going to work. Okay, okay, those okay, are his, okay. Those are his defenses. Then so, I don't, I'm so remembering he does, wrong. <laughs> he does have defenses. I mean, he has defenses, but that, like, really means nothing because everybody has a defense. You, know, you always have, right. you rarely don't have a defense. Yeah. But he will say, but, um, you know, but some of these defenses, like, you know, actually he, does, he will raise a First Amendment defense. Yeah. Um, that's probably his strongest defense. You know, so... I think I was more warning people. It's not like, you know, these things are always a little murkier mm-hmm. than they than they look like. And sometimes people kind of fly off the handle, you know, like when, um, when um, oh, I guess the judge said, well, it looks like Maxine Waters gave a, a, an mm-hmm. issue on appeal. Yeah. And an issue on appeal means zero. <laughs> because, because, because it, and I know because I brought appeals. Right. 
the fact that you have an issue on appeal means like zero because um, because appeals usually lose because the presumption is that it was done correctly at the trial level and you have to show that the error was harmful. You have to show, I mean, it's very high bar yeah. on appeal. And um, he was kind of shrugging it off and saying, well, mm. what she did manage to do is get the defense an issue on appeal. And anybody who's done criminal appeals knows that that means nothing. Hmm. But all, um, I mean, you can come up with an issue on appeal. Like it's, it, I, criminal defense attorneys have been known, known to scrape the bottom of the barrel for issues on appeal. <laughs> trust mm-hmm. me. Um, because, because our system really does want, you want to make sure. Yeah. You want to make sure. And so an issue, so people got all unglued and, <laughs> um, and so, you know, he will raise defenses. He's yes. not going to roll over. Of course. Yeah. So those wow. were the defenses he's going to raise. But I actually believe that he will be, um, you know, I think, that, okay, I know what you were, what I do think that there are, that criminally charging Trump mm-hmm. um, does, is, is somewhat problematic because, um, for, I, okay. you know, some, it's somewhat problematic because of the optics of it, the former president, I mean, it can happen, mm-hmm. but it's not, it, it's, I'm not, I think that the haul him off to jail is, um, is not how we should be talking anyway. We should be talking, let's follow the facts. Yeah. Let's, let's let it all come out. I mean, do I think that he, he incited that riot? Yes. Um, but, and I think there are ways to convict him. Um, there are, I mean, there are ways criminally to convict him of this mm-hmm. um, but the thing the, the the easier it is to convict him the lower the level of crime if that makes sense yeah so for you know for example we have um you know conspiracy law where, mm-hmm. where it's really easy to pull anyone in who knew it was happening so the easier it is to get a criminal conviction right. the less satisfying people are going to find it a lot of people that i talk to whether they're lawyers or not seem to believe that if we're going to ever see Trump convicted, it's going to be about money. It's just because they liken it to the mafia. You know, like the mafia bosses are not getting arrested and convicted for killing people. It's all it's always about the money. And Well, do you know why? Well, okay. I, I want to explain why that okay. is. Okay. Okay. The reason is because when the evidence is documentary, it's easier to con- get a conviction. And right. you don't have the problem of, of a juror just not wanting to convict. Mm-hmm. Okay. So – so put another way, there's different kinds of evidence, right? And so testimony is evidence. But with testimony, the juror, the jury can legitimately decide not to believe the testimony. Mm, okay, right. And, and, so, and a jury, um, a jury can't, you can't on appeal say the jury shouldn't, the jury believe testimony they shouldn't have believed. Mm-hmm. You can't say that on appeal mm-hmm. because the trial court is where the facts are found. But what you can do on appeal is say that the jury went against the weight of the evidence. So if the evidence is documentary, yeah, then it's easier to convict because gotcha. you're not relying on testimony. Right. Gotcha. And that's, that's why Manafort was, um, Manafort had a life of crime, mm-hmm. but it's hard to prove. Mm-hmm. And, and we want, crimes to be hard to prove mm-hmm. that's what you know we don't want to we want to defund the police right we don't want to be like arresting everybody for anything mm-hmm. so um so um 
the reason that they could get him on financial crimes is because it's easier to prove it. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and you don't have to worry about like holdout jurors because if you present and financial crimes yeah. are usually easy to prove. It's so if you math. present the evidence and it's <laughs> yeah. there, yeah. The, the jury, can't, a juror can't say, well, I don't believe it. Right. Because you, math, have, to, you have to have yeah. some evidence not to yeah. believe it. Like there has to be some reason not to believe it. Yeah. You can't just like uh, say, I don't believe it. Where, where you can say, mm-hmm. I just totally don't believe this mm-hmm. testimony. So I, I, so I think that that's the reason. And that's the reason why some other like kind of lesser um, sort of accessory crimes, mm-hmm. so, you know, like like aiding and abetting or you know being involved in a conspiracy. Some of these um, crimes that remove him mm-hmm. somewhat are also easier to prove hmm. because it's a lot harder to prove, yeah. you know, to to get him on um, the violence that happened. Because yes. when he right. says, "Well, I told him to be peaceful," it's a lot exactly. harder to right. get him on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, and that makes sense, right? So that's that's the reason. I mean, if they if the if he's going to be convicted on, you know, something lighter, something easier, it's because you don't want to. The last thing you want to do is bring a case to court and lose. Yeah. Because that would that would better not to charge him. Right. Than to get an acquittal. Exactly. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense, and that would be extremely disappointing. And you know, I mean, I I totally agree with you as far as. It's not, I mean, ideally we wouldn't want to be arresting and convicting former presidents, (laughs) ideally. But, you know, this this guy was egregious and so awful in so many ways. And, you know, I can just say from my own experience, and I'm not talking for everybody, but I know that a lot of people feel the way I do, uh, just especially people that I live with or people that are in my inner circle, that this is, you know, back when... When I first started getting involved in politics, which I came, I think I came kind of late to the game, really being vocal about it. I started paying attention in 2000 with the hanging Chad fiasco, but, um, but it was like a slow, slow where I, I wasn't always paying attention, but maybe I would watch Rachel and, you know, I would always listen to my mother who was always a junkie. So I always kind of understood the basics of what were going on, what was going on, but it wasn't until 2012 that I started doing what I do right now being a big mouth on the internet and things like that and having strong opinions and speaking up. But, you know, so my experience in this realm has not been like, for instance, my boyfriend has been writing about politics now for, I think, since 2004. And so he's, you know, he's written for HuffPost. He's been a blogger. He's a podcaster. And he even said to me the other day, it's like, it's changed now. The, The political climate in this country is so different. And you know, ever since Trump came along, and I mean, I could, I could say, I mean, I started basically when the Tea Party came along, and I think that, you know, one leads to the other leads to the other, and the Tea Party helped lead to Trump. Um, I mean, you could say Reagan, you know, everything they did, one thing Mm -hmm. leads to another, but it's like the, the experience of being somebody who talks about politics now online or anywhere, uh, it's draining. It's, it's, I mean, Excuse me. It's it's always been, it's always been, you know, filled with emotion and passion and anger and all of that. But it's like, we're, I, I, f- I felt like okay, we for four years I was totally frightened that this country would be stolen from us, that democracy would be gone, and we'd be heading into a Russian oligarchy. So Joe Biden won, yay, so grateful. But we're still living 
if you're paying close attention to how Republicans are behaving, we're, we're, we have to save the democracy from what they want to do, which is basically the same thing Trump wanted to do. And right. so I, know, I, to- yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. The two things to say about that is that um, is there are reasons to convict Trump. Mm-hmm. And I believe that he will ultimately, if he lives long enough, face convictions, hmm. even though he's a former president. Because he's a former president, for all these reasons, we ha- it has to move very, very carefully. Mm-hmm. The evidence yes. has to be airtight. Totally agree. And nothing can, nothing can be charged where he might be acquitted or have a case thrown out. Yes. Um, at the same time, although there are good reasons to do it, that will not – that isn't what saves the democracy hmm. because th- that's not what's going to sway all of the um, – That's true. All of the You're staff. right. So, that, so there are reasons to do it, but – but and so um, one of the things that, you know, I just caution is that I, I believe that he will be charged in relation to this riot. Mm-hmm. I do. Hmm. Um, I believe that he's going to be charged in a way that they know they can get a conviction mm-hmm. no matter who the jury is. Mm-hmm. So what that means is they're going to need documentary evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. And that's going to be hard because he mm-hmm. insulated himself. Wow. But I believe I believe there's a way to do it. Um, and I believe it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that that that's going to be what saves the democracy or that democracy yeah. hangs on whether that happens. No, you know what? That, I don't think yeah. the democracy hangs on it, but I, I, I still firmly believe that there is a, a collective opinion, collective energy of all of us that, you know, mm-hmm. sets expectations. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if a conviction would maybe set you know but there would be okay select there, there would be that setting expectations but there's also just in, in the case of like George Floyd when you when you see justice served in some way in, in, in mm-hmm. somebody is being held accountable for their criminal for their whatever actions um it serves as a relief and right, for 60 for 60 percent of 60 percent right yeah, and I totally get that. I the totally other forty percent, it's going to light them on fire yeah. in terms of hate and anger. <laughs> yeah. So it's and and I do think it needs to happen. I you know, but it's the time frame. People have to understand that that they're building the case and they're not going to bring anything right. that's not airtight. And um and there's just so I, I actually think the um you know Georgia might be the case that breaks through too. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of things yeah. out there. There are a lot of things out there. The, the idea that he's going to somehow skate on all of this is just completely preposterous. So when you say Georgia, take, are you, do you mean the election? Do you mean the election or do you mean what they're doing right now in Georgia? No, what I mean is the, the criminal case that the DA down there in Atlanta oh, okay. is bringing. Okay, gotcha. Against Trump. Interesting. Okay. I believe that that, that, that case, um, that case is looking it's, you know same thing mm-hmm. that that we haven't heard for heard about it now for a couple of weeks or a month or two yeah. and that's because um these investigations take time yeah and um the last thing that this da in atlanta georgia wants to do is charge trump with something and you can't make it stick for some reason yeah <laughs> yeah definitely Right. So that so it, it just takes a lot. There's a, I think there's a lot happening back behind the scenes. Yes, I, I, I agree with you. And I think you're right. I mean, I, and I'm glad that I can ask you that I get your lawyer ear because it's like, you know, I know that there are a lot of us out there that are just kind of going on emotion as opposed to going on how the system actually works. And it's good to know. It's good to know from your insider kind of knowledge on this 
you know, how to, because it's very easy for somebody who's not a lawyer to go, yeah, Trump's going to get arrested. And it's like, we don't know what, we don't know what's going to, and you're right that if he gets arrested, it's not going to solve all our problems. Um, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be dramatic. Right. I mean, it's not going to be like hauled off and he is a former president <laughs> and there's optics. And so it's not right. going to be like, you know, I think that, um, some people were like kind of joking about like, like there was a, a thing on the uh, on Twitter, left leaning Twitter, social media for a while that was sort of, play, you know, turning to lock her up and to lock him up. Mm -hmm. And um, and there's some ways you want to make sure it doesn't look vengeful or angry. Yes, right. Yes. You know, exactly. Ju justice works much better when it's um, calm mm -hmm. and and deliberate and respectful of the office. Yeah. If it's all those things, then it's more right. um, yeah. believable. So, so an arrest would he would he would um, probably his age and mm -hmm. um, I mean there's probably ways to keep him at home. Mm -hmm. um, a judge would order him not to have any social media. You know, I mean there's probably yeah. they 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 would um, they would do the gentlest things first. Gotcha. And that makes right, sense. Which, which, yeah. which they do anyway. Right. They do anyway. They, we don't like to like. We don't like pre. We don't like pretrial detention mm -hmm. because pretrial detention is really putting someone in jail before they're convicted. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think yeah. it'll happen. Um, I think it'll be, you know, less fireworks. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but I think when 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 these prosecutors, especially down there in Atlanta and in D.C., um, when they have an airtight case, they're going to bring it. Wow. Well, that's something to look forward to because definitely it would be a cathartic experience to see that happening. And I mean, oh my God, I think it would, I, I think there will be some kind of fireworks only because tensions are so high and I don't see that changing uh, very soon. I think we've got this divided political, again, atmosphere. But the sad thing is, is it's like, it's not a political, I mean, it's political in that it's Republicans, Democrats, whatever, but it, it's just, oh my God, it's not political. It's it's literally about like changing how this country is run, which, OK, fine, you can call it politics, but it's not about like policy, I should say. When it comes to political, it's like we're not debating policy where it, 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 what what is happening is we're just seeing white supremacy. We're seeing hatred. We're seeing propaganda and lies. And it's just, oh my God, just going back to what I said before, it's just completely exhausting. So it would be nice if we could see some kind of a justice or some kind of justice in, in any of this, because I, I, I think the, the bottom line for me, I know that, and you're right about the 40% of people, but I think that 60%, because I mean, we got Joe Biden elected and he's implementing all kinds of policies that are, that's helpful for people. And hopefully we'll bring the economy back and we'll see, you know, people are getting vaccinated and we're seeing positives. And then, you know, I, I would hope that if we are able to see some kind of justice here with the Trump administration, that it serves as like, I guess it's not going to solve all our problems, but it would satisfy mm -hmm. that part of us that always see criminals especially you know that old tired story of white male criminals getting off it's like just i mean we've seen and some actually, of them. and actually i have to stop you there it's not true there's this thing like oh if you're white you get off uh, there's a disproportionately large number of black people in prison but mm -hmm. there are a lot of white people in prison 
Well, that is true. But I mean, I think I'm talking about like high profile, wealthy um, people who are able to buy themselves. Like, for instance, you look at somebody like Trump. I, 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 I cringe when I hear that. I'm sorry. I cringe when I hear it. <laughs> I, I, I've represented plenty of. I mean, back when but I. But you're talking was in about you're talking country. about indigent people, right? No, no. I, I mean, it, it, go. Yeah, look at the statistics. I mm-hmm. mean, more indigents, but the idea that if you're white, you get off. Is, well, is I'm ta- but like, I'm not talking about just being white. I'm talking about you know white and rich. I mean, right. there are plenty of white wealthy people who go to jail. I mean, the thing is that white white wealthy people, you know, blue corporate level crime is harder to it's just harder to catch mm-hmm. than crime out on you know than um, I mean there's there's reasons for that and I I cringe when I hear like um, you can you can say something that's false the other direction too. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like the, to, if you want to be accurate, you would say that the criminal justice system falls more harshly mm-hmm. on people of color and indigents. Right. And there are a lot of reasons for that. And one of them is systemic racism. But there are other reasons as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one reason, like just to give you an example, if you are rich and you live in a great big house and you have, and there's a lot of room between you and your neighbors mm-hmm you're less likely to have the police called if you're doing something in there you shouldn't do. Right. And if you're in a crowded place and you're doing something you shouldn't do, you're going to have enemies in that area. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did some work um, representing Indian women. They called themselves Indians, so I used their word. Okay. Um, in um, Pomo Indians. And actually, one of my clients said she liked the word Indian. Hmm. Um, so I have to remember a lot of – I mean, and I worked <laughs> with her for a long time. So I have to remember, like, no, I'm supposed to say Native American. But anyway, <laughs> um, one of the things one of the things that happened on that, on that reservation is that people would get mad at each other and call the police on each other. And so um, – but they lived in, in more open – they lived more openly. Mm-hmm. So in a lot – so some – Yes, there's systemic racism, but there's mm-hmm. also it's 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 harder to you don't know mm-hmm. about abuse going on in a in a house with a gate around it, mm-hmm. where well, where neighbors yeah, can hear each other through walls. Yeah. So there's I'm just saying there's other reasons, but also right. it's if you're um, I saw plenty of white people in big trouble when, uh, the year that I spent in a private criminal defense firm, mm-hmm. plenty of them, and they one of the one of the issues that you had dealing with these white people in big trouble is that they had a lot of trouble comprehending the fact that they were in trouble, Hmm. you know, that, um, because they, in some of it, so, so anyway, I just want to say like, we have to just be accurate about the criminal justice system. I mean, there are serious, serious problems and I saw them firsthand, but it's not like if you're rich, you get off. Um, Okay. No, I know. I, I, well, I know that's not an absolute. It's just that I think that there have been some high profile. I mean, look at OJ Simpson and, and, you know, I mean, being that he was a wealthy, beloved athlete, um, you know, the, the jury was the jury. And then there was the, like you said, the court of public opinion. And it seemed to be, it seemed to be that there was this like racial divide there. And mm-hmm. uh, so I and, and I, that happens. Yeah. And, but but the day to day nuts and bolts. Right. Yes. Is, and I totally is, get is that. Yeah. Right. In fact, you know, I think like the story I opened with that white woman who's like, oh, my God, the police lied. Um, one of my very strong memories was and this was a paying client. So this was a year I spent in a private firm. This was a paying client. He came in and he was in big trouble. And sometimes it was very hard to make these guys understand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That they were in trouble. And um, I remember when we finally got through to him that this was really serious. He looked at me and he said, 
I knew I was pushing the envelope, huh. but I didn't, I didn't realize I was violating five federal statutes. Wow. Interesting. And because he was pushing the envelope, yeah. he was kind of like doing things with the money he shouldn't have really been yeah. doing. And so, um, and so, and there was, you know, we had to do a, we had to plead that one out because right. he was guilty and we just had to get the best deal we could for him. If you look though at somebody like Harvey Weinstein, who, you know, was able to rape women and then if they wanted to take him to court, then basically mm-hmm. it was the NDA thing or it was the like, we'll, we'll pay you money and then you're never allowed to talk about it again. And these, these uh, victims felt like they didn't have the resources to, they couldn't afford to basically stay in court uh, and, and fight. And so they took the settlement and they had to promise to never talk about it again which gave him the opportunity to continue mm-hmm. doing what he was doing. And so I, right. when and I say that, that that's what I'm that talking. Kind of yeah. And that's right. what I'm talking right. about. We, so I'm not saying every white person gets off. I'm just saying right. that there are a certain number of, and, and you know, some of them are black men. Eventually uh, Bill Cosby was found guilty, but it took like 60 some women because once again, he was a beloved, you know, wealthy figure in our country, even though he was a black man, he was still, he had that kind right. of privilege. These are the high profile. I've also yes. had clients who they get away with things and get away with things and get away with things. And eventually they get caught. Right. This well, and that's a, what I'm hoping I mean, with Trump. <laughs> right. I mean, I had a client who, oh man, he just pushed his luck. I mean, this, this was very common Yeah. that, you know, so the idea that someone gets caught the first time they do something is also like not realistic like they like in the real world people in the real world people get caught when they push their luck yeah a little too far yeah you know i mean that's what i saw is that and because we don't live in a police state Mm -hmm. there's a lot of crime that doesn't get charged exactly yeah no i am totally there with you it's just i think like the overwhelming people push their luck people get a little arrogant you know they think um, I had a client who was making $20,000 every time he ran a bit of drugs from one place to the other. Mm-hmm. And if he had just stopped, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, if he had just stopped, but you know, it's like, it's, it's a temptation. It, it was, yeah. But he didn't stop. Right. Well, yeah, he was you getting know, money and then there's the thrill one, of it. Yeah. Once more, just push your luck. So right. 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 So right. anyway, anyway, no, I, I mean, the, the justice system definitely needs a lot of reform. Um, yeah. I'm the first to say that, um, absolutely, and uh, and I'm entirely in favor of re- relying less on police and jails and mm-hmm. prisons because they do fall more heavily mm-hmm. on um, minority communities. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it, and it does fall more heavily. Obvious. Yes. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. There's no question that it's, um, you know, for for a lot of reasons, and one of them is the systemic racism. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's you know, I mean, talking to you is always enlightening to me, and I'm grateful for your voice. But I want to know before uh, we cut out, what are what have you got in the works? Because you're always writing something. <laughs> well, lately I've been thinking about how um, what's called accomplice liability mm-hmm. is going to bring Trump down in these capital riots. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so accomplice liability means you didn't do it. Uh-huh. But you have but you have some relationship to the people, you know that Oh, interesting. Um, okay. it's right. So for example, if basically to sum it all up in one sentence, if you know there's a crime going on and you in any way in any way assist. Right. Um 
And one of the crimes that happened at the Capitol was a violation of a law that just makes it illegal to interfere with a process. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it violently. Mm-hmm. So interfering with the counting of the votes, that's a crime. Oh. It's not a violent crime. Right. It's a crime. Yeah. And so the easiest way to get Trump is to hold him to – under a theory of accomplice liability for the fact that the voting was delayed. Hmm. That's a no-brainer. That's wow. a no-brainer. Well, that's going to be an interesting read. I look forward to it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, <laughs> thinking about it. I mean, but I always worry about getting people's expectations up too high also because it's a slow process. Right. But, but from the point of view of a criminal defense lawyer, these um, – Accomplice liability statutes, mm-hmm. where basically if someone knows about the crime and in any way assisted, even not directly, but they in any way assisted, they're responsible. These, from my perspective, were always a big net, hmm. a way for, a way for the prosecution, yeah, to pull in to pull in everybody. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've seen that big net work, hmm. and it's also it's it's a. You know, I told you that the prosecutors don't like to bring something and they're not going to win. Yeah. And um, Trump's defenses that he never wanted anyone to be violent. That defense <laughs> yeah, doesn't have any bearing in here because this is a violent crime. Right, right. Wow, that's that's great. That's going to be so interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, well, thank you so much for your wisdom. And I always love having you on the show. Uh, before I let you go, though, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Well, I'm on Twitter and I have a blog um, and I've also been recording um, YouTube, these little YouTube videos because I find it a little easier. Mm -hmm. I just sort of talk for five minutes on a topic Mm -hmm. and then um, and then who knew it's easier to talk for five minutes than write 10 pages. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I also have a I also have a, a series where I sort of talk about the legal issues on youtube but i have my blog and twitter mostly so Thank is you. your is your youtube and thanks for having me oh sure Even i always contradict you i'm always like well on the other hand <laughs> no but that's what i like because i'm not a lawyer i you know i'm i'm going from you know kind of like a blogger podcaster emotional point of view you're coming from a legal point of view and so it's good to know um you know what you're thinking but um and so i i welcome it obviously but i'm just curious do, is your youtube channel linked on your blog yes yeah, so okay. if you go to my blog there's this little icon my blog is actually kind of under construction is it's being de- sort of redesigned in real time mm-hmm. um but if you if you go to my blog it's just terrycanefield.com very very creative name <laughs> but it's easy that's good <laughs> this is like a youtube i have it actually in two places so i I did a series of about maybe 10, literally like five-minute videos okay. where I sort of give a, a, an overview of um, kind of how we got here and getting out. Perfect. Well, then what I'm going to do, as I usually do, in the Patreon description, I'm going to add your uh, Twitter links and then your, the link to your blog. So if anybody wants to go to YouTube, sign up, subscribe, all that stuff. Just look at the Patreon description of this show. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that E. And then you can find my books on Amazon. But thank you so much, Terry. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.